Hello, I'm Carrick MacDonald and this is Halfway to Borough, the Two Towns local history show on Cam Glen Radio. In this two-part programme, Zen Boyd of Rutherglen Heritage Centre talks to Betty Payton, who was born and bred in Rutherglen. Now in her 90s, Betty recalls growing up in the town and remembers the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street, which for many years played an important part in the spiritual life of many Reglonians. Betty began by telling Zen about the house in the main street where she was born. What number of main street were 227. you? 227. 227. And that's still there now? Yes. Yes, ah, amazing. Yes, my grandparents mm-hmm. were in that house and then really? my father mm-hmm. and when my mother and father or my mother died mm-hmm. wouldn't get the, the building belonged to Galbraiths uh-huh. the yes. yes. And they wanted the house uh-huh. for one of their employees, so I had to get out. Oh gosh. Were you the last one of your one family in it? Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh that's a shame and then where did you move? Moved in a flat yeah. eventually in Hamilton Road. Right, okay. And that's that where time, you are. Ladies couldn't get mortgages uh, either, you know. Yes. Anyway. So what kind of what, what decade was that then? When was that the nineteen fifties? Fifty six. Fifty six, right. So that was when Galbraiths needed it. because ah. I was trying to think how long Galbraiths have been had been. Well, they running, had the shop. It's now an optician. It's the opticians the now, right? Below. Yeah, yeah. We've got some old photographs of Galbraiths. Yes, so. yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. But um, and your grandparents did they were they from Milligan then too? Yes. Yes, Peyton's. Yes, actually, at one time I think they stayed up in Balmoral Crescent. Oh, where, where I am. Are. Yes. yes, that's right. How Bob- it came about Bob- that they moved, I really don't know. Uh huh. But uh, right, my father was a piano tuner, so yes. it was more. Mm-hmm. I see people locally. Mm-hmm. Would know where to come if you know what I mean. Right. Like, yes. Because uh, I think um, there, w- there was an advert I saw for your father, James Peyton, piano tuner. That's right. It was in the, one of the old reformers. Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh huh. So do you remember him having people in the house to, to sort of. No, no. Get, or did he always go out he, to people's he houses? He went out to people's and, houses. Uh-huh. And he had a room in the house. It was a, four, it was a four apartment house. Mm-hmm. And he had a room as a workshop. Right. And he sometimes brought the inner part of a piano down to repin mm-hmm. it. That he did that in his workshop. Gosh. So skilled. So how how did he did he learn how to do that from someone or yes, did he, he had himself? relatives up in Hamilton huh. Wiper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they're there any. I never knew any of them. But they had mm-hmm. a musical business, and I think uh-huh. he might be trained up there. I'm right. not too sure. Wiper, that's W-Y-P-E-R, yes. That's one of my middle the names. Tree. Mm-hmm. Ah. And so did you learn much about the piano yourself? Yes, I went to piano. I had piano lessons. Uh-huh. Quite Great. enjoyed it. I don't have a piano anymore. Uh-huh. And did you play anywhere? Did you do any sort of recitals or oh, play no, for the Sunday school or anything? Oh, I played for Sunday you school. for Sunday school, good. Buildry, uh-huh. that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. good. My father, <laughs> usually if I was playing, he would be saying, that's the wrong note, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's more technically skilled at yes, fixing yes, yes. the pianos. Yeah. Um, well, that, yeah, that brings us on to a bit more about your father then and 
his um, his role in the Rogers Institute. So he was treasurer. Yes. Um, so we've got some uh, in our library archives. We've got quite a nice uh, collection from the original Rogers Institute, which is the Rutherglen Evangelistic Institute. That's right. That's right. Um, uh, which existed for many years um, on uh, Green Bank Street and the High Street round the corner. Yes, it had a lovely big, a big hall. huge building, beautiful old building with a big but hall, which was a huge institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, if you if you've got you have memories, I take it of your own from when you were young. Oh yes, Is that your, some yes, of your earliest. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Went there on a Sunday morning, and. Um, my mother and father, but and it was usually the service was in the big hall, which mm-hmm. was lovely. Yes. Writing very much in the language of the time, W. Ross Shearer, in Rutherglen Lore, written in 1922, tells us about the origins of the Evangelistic Institute and how it was regarded in the town in the years following the Great War. In connection with the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street, there has been no undertaking in the borough in our recollection, that has accomplished so much lasting benefit to the individual, as has the unsectarian movement of the brothers D.L., A.K. and the late T.M. Roger. Somewhere about the year 1883, a largely attended meeting of all religious workers in Rutherland resolved that a hall suitable for evangelistic propaganda was an absolute necessity in the borough. I tell you, you know the theatre of, not Candlericks. Um, um, down in the middle of town. In the middle of town. It, I've only been in it once to see around it. Right. And it was in a sorry state, but... Mm. Oh, I know, but the Panopticon. Oh, the Panopticon. Ah, the, 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 Bethany, you know, the Bethany Music Hall. That's it. Ah, that's it. That, yes. Well, beautiful. when I went in there... That must have been designed by the same architect as the Institute because the the decor Mm -hmm. is much the same as the big hall. Because that's one of the historic music halls, you know, in in Glasgow, isn't it? Wow. I was taken round a party from the Citizens Theatre. Uh It was just to see it. It There wasn't anything on. Mm -hmm. But that was what struck me, first of all. Was, gosh, this is the same as the Institute mm. in Rutherford. The layout mm. of it. The, the layout the and, and the, the way it was decorated mm. was much the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really don't know any more than that. Mm-hmm. So the Rogers Institute, there's a huge history about that, obviously, yeah. founded by Daniel Lusk Roger. That's right. Did you ever meet him yourself? No. or no. Your, just I your knew father? his wife, his right. widow. Uh-huh. Uh, Mrs. Roger, he yeah. was dead, I think, before my time. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But your he, father would have known him well. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes, my father and my mother. Mm-hmm. And, well, in fact, I've got a beautiful canteen of cutlery oh. with the initial P on all the stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was a wedding present mm. from to my mother and That's father lovely. from the Roger family. Isn't that nice? Yes. That they'd specially got made. Well, engraved. Engraved with a P on it, you know. Oh, that's lovely. Um, so, did your father go there as a child to some of the sort of now, um, that, Rogers I, Institute that meetings? Do you think? Uh huh. I, I don't know how it's possible because it was going quite a long time. So yes, it probably would yes. have been going quite a while before he sort of was born. Even 
1885 it started officially um, in Rutherglen. Under the energetic guidance of Mr D.L. Roger, a building fund was organised and in due time subscriptions, large and small, poured in. Pennies from the children, half crowns from the parents and various amounts, up to nearly £1,000, from J. Campbell White, afterwards Baron Overton, who, in presence of the provost, magistrates and a great concourse of people, laid the memorial stone of the main building on 2nd of July, 1885. And when was your father born again? Was oh. it, it was thereabouts, 18... I've no idea. I think we looked it up. It was 1898. Okay, right. So thereabouts, so 1890s anyway. So yeah, so it wouldn't have been long started, I guess, but it would have been around from his formative Mm -hmm, years. mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. there's a good chance he would have gone along to some of the Bible meetings or the Sunday schools. Yeah, so we used to, well, he was treasurer for years and Uh used to operate the lantern. Oh, well, this is, yes, I'm fascinated by this. That's it. Yes. Was he one of the first ones, do you think, to operate the lantern slides? I would imagine he would well mm-hmm. have been. Mm-hmm. They had a terrific collection of lantern slides. Mm-hmm. They had the whole Bible. And, and a lot of them, mm-hmm. well, not a lot, but quite a few of them were slides of famous paintings. Right. Biblical, like the light of the world, mm-hmm. uh, that, that sort of thing. Right. And I think they were quite valuable. But when... Uh, they were left to William they didn't belong to the institute they were mm-hmm. used they, they were left to William Roger the yeah, son William, so, oh, the son of Ad, uh, of Daniel Daniel, yeah mm-hmm. but what happened to them I really mm-hmm. don't know I wonder where they got them from originally that's, mm. that's quite good so do you think someone would have taken those slides you know, specifically to make a slideshow for the institute Think they would have taken them from maybe no, one of the no, galleries. They, they had the complete Bible, right? In lantern slides, right? Page by page, Sh- that page. they would project. Yes, and they, for they the also had hymns mm-hmm. uh, with the words on. So the like their famous Saturday night meeting, uh-huh. uh, which had a lot of children. There was no hymn books, mm-hmm. so the hymns or choruses were put <coughs> up on the screen to follow along, and the kids could follow along from that. Fabulous. Mm. I think I might have showed you this previously. We've got one surviving um, hymn book which probably came a fair bit later than um, what you're describing of the Evangelistic Institute Redemption Songs. Oh, right. A thousand hymns and choruses Redemption Songs and it's a lovely cloth bound one. But um, I'm not sure the exact of this, I think it's been around a wee while, but I think yes, it's yes. maybe in the twenties or thirties. I would I would guess, but it's the one surviving <laughs> hymn book that we have. Somebody, uh, I've got one in the house. Have you? Uh-huh. A, a lady in the old parish gave it to me. Right. I could give you that. Oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah, right. absolutely. I'd love to see it. Um, I just thought it was nice. Their own hymn book. Stamped. Lots, <laughs> lots of the uh, hymns were illustrated with lantern slides. Uh huh. And they put that, and the kids could mm-hmm. sing. I understand at one time the singing was really quite something. Because mm. you can imagine a, a big hall with about three or four hundred children. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. A Saturday night mm-hmm. meeting, that was before my time. Uh, they had a Saturday night meeting mm-hmm. for children. Right. And uh, Was that the main time children would go to the Rogers Hall or would they I go would through the week? Of, oh, they would go to, they had the girls... Uh, Girls' Brigade? Girls' Brigade. It was Girls' Guildry in these days. Right. And they had a Boys' Brigade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ha- I heard that they had some actual baths, you know, that you That's could right. go in. That's right. People in High Street mm-hmm. there, all of these houses had, there was toilets and the stairs, there was no baths. Mm-hmm. And the Roger Institute had baths mm-hmm. that you could go in from... High Street, mm-hmm. where the caretaker's house was, yes. and at the ground floor, they had these cubicles with baths, and people would go in and just get a for, hot bath. for free to mm. get a hot bath yes. to get clean. Mm-hmm. So that was a big draw, I would think. Oh, that yes, would bring yes. people in from the local area, local streets. To, I mean, rather than start very with. bad, mm-hmm. uh, most of the flats. There were very few flats in Rutherland had bathrooms. bathrooms yeah. It was all toilets in the stair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. wanted a bath. That yeah. was a good place to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I would think that would be where they would get to know the, you know, the, how, what was going on in the institute and about the film showings and yes. the, the, the events for children. Well, at that time, like that. I don't think there were so many picture houses. Or no. mm-hmm. I'm Carrick MacDonald, and you're listening to Halfway to Borough the Two Towns Local History Show on Camglen Radio. In this programme, Zen Boyd of Rutherland Heritage Centre is talking to Betty Payton, who was born and bred in Rutherland, about her time growing up in the town and her memories of the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street. Plus the fact that it was free, you know. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's the first free cinema, uh-huh. the first cinema and as well. Gym, first they had a gymnasium too. Did they have a gym? Yes. Gosh, in in the big hall or uh, part of it was uh, part of the uh, caretakers, but no, it was in when you go in from Green Bank Street, mm-hmm. it was round to your left, mm-hmm. and. It, down the couple of stairs and it was a, a gym. Two years later, the front portion facing Greenbank Street was erected. This contains a lesser hall, a number of small rooms, together with a large reading room and library. To this suite of rooms have since been added a gymnasium and baths. The large hall contains one of the finest electric lanterns in the kingdom and the work since the opening has prospered exceedingly. Hmm. What would people do in the gym? Just well, for I think children or for like, everybody to play games? I, I, I honestly don't know. I think the likes of the Boys Brigade used mm, it. Of course. Mm-hmm. For you marching. Know, and their nights and yeah. that sort of thing. And events. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, fantastic. Yes, it was a well thought out place. Yes. And it was really uh-huh. quite a tragedy when it went in the fire because it was the best hall in Rutherglen and one right. of the other things that mm-hmm. they used to have do you know Boys Brigade have dis- I don't think they have them now displays yes uh-huh. well the, lots of the companies they hired the hall because they had have their activities and shows on the ground floor mm-hmm. and then people could sit in the gallery uh-huh. upstairs and look and down watch. Fabulous. and watch 
And they had talky films, mm-hmm. which was another thing that mm. they... Uh, mm-hmm. A lovely big screen mm. and a room. In fact, I think that... It was thought that was where the fire started. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. In the projection room, mm. but I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they would... Uh, Rogers was the first to have t- a talkie film. The first, yes, first yes, they were. cinema showing would be in there. And apart from, obviously, the, the Bible studies um, and slideshows, what kind of uh, films would they show? Well, I saw my first Charlie Chaplin. Oh, did you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did that... Do you remember that fondly then? Yes, yes. Everybody laughing. Yeah, fabulous. Um, And then, did they have educational sort of films about the world as well? That I do not remember. No, because I think... I know they did lectures as well as show films, so uh-huh, I think there'd uh-huh. be quite a few historical lectures happened there. I, I think, think they had quite a few uh, prominent speakers mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the Rogers, I think, were well connected. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, uh, Shearer, William Shearer, who obviously wrote Rutherglen Lower and yes, yes. was the librarian, he probably spoke there at times, I yes. would imagine. And Mr. Mr. Mackey, who was the librarian, right, he yes. was there every Sunday. Was he? Yes. Because he was part of some of the committees, I think. Probably would yeah, be. Yeah, Mr. Mackey. Uh-huh. So he was James Young. James Young Mackey, because he was also involved with the library. After William Shearer died, he became the librarian of oh, the <laughs> library. But did you know Mr. Mackey? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> he, and, uh, he, he was... He's quite a character. He used to have competitions and he would hire a bus and take a busload of kids away for a day someplace, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Down to Largs and that sort of thing. Yes, yes. Out and about, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, was he part father, of the camera, the, ca- the photographic yes, yes, club as be. well? Uh-huh. There was, it was called Rutherland Camera Club, Yes, wasn't it? My father was in that too. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know, but it certainly be changed because when Miss Lee was there. But I remember my father saying he had been up in Mr. Mackey's house, mm-hmm. and whatever room was it in, round the wall, but just below the ceiling, mm-hmm. was shorthand. Mr. Mackey was a famous shorthand writer, mm-hmm. and it was his name he had. In shorthand, round the freeze of the, the room. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Yes. My mum would love that mm-hmm. too. She was a shorthand typist. Yes. Did so you do I. shorthand? Yes. yes. I did did yeah. shorthand. Yeah. Fabulous. Was that in the library flat? Yes. In the library flat? So, yes. Yes, because it came with the job. Yeah. So, after Shearer <clears throat> passed away, whoever was the next librarian and their family would, would have been welcome to. Uh-huh. To live in the flat, that's so that's Mackey where it would have been. Too, yes. Yeah. Was he there for quite a number of years? Oh, yes, do you know? He was, yes, in he the was. library flat. Mm. Just himself. I, yeah. Yes. He didn't matter. I remember. <laughs> my father had been up, and he had recognised it was shorthand, <laughs> and um, Mr. Mackey said he was the my father was the first to realise what it was but it was his name he had mm. round the freezing shot <laughs> brilliant it's <laughs> just brilliant I love oh, that dear. oh gosh he never wore a coat Mr Mackey right my father 
once mm-hmm. went with them with the to the riding of the marches. Have you mm-hmm. heard of that? Mm-hmm. Oh yep. yes, yes. And apparently it was a pouring wet day, <laughs> and was, my father was with them, and Mister Mackey didn't have a coat. Oh dear! And I think he got fed up with people saying to him, "Have you not a coat? Where's your coat?" No. All my brothers had coats and they died. <laughs> <laughs> that was his reason. So he never ever wore one ever. Even in winter. No. Gosh. Hardy. Mm-hmm. Hardy Ragonian then. Mm-hmm. My goodness. No, I'm sure I've also seen an advert in one of the old reformers for Mr James Mackey shorthand. That's right, he was a short was a very fast shorthand writer. Or stenographer. It was shorthand type it wasn't typist but it was shorthand something. Maybe he was a shorthand teacher. I I, yes. I think he could do about two hundred words a minute, oh which my. is really quite something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he was a clever man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so I see he was um we've got some books here about the Evangelistic Institute. I've got one that's that was brought out for the fifty year anniversary which was brought out in 1935, and it lists then Mr. Macri as the secretary of the institute. Oh, right, right. And your father, James Payton, as the treasurer. Treasure, yes. So um, I imagine they probably had a, a number of roles up till that point as well. Probably. Yeah, and there's a lovely photograph which shows the 1935 management committee which has got a lovely photo of your father in the front row. Yes. Um, and I assume Mr Mackey's in this picture somewhere. We have a little look. I haven't got my glasses on, but wait a minute. That's... I think it's Mr Thompson. Mm-hmm. Kirkwood and Thompson. Mm-hmm. The factors. Mm-hmm. That looks like... Their names is there. That looks like Alec Oh, McCaslin's in it, yes. There's a, there's a Mr. McCaslin listed. There's Willie Brownlee. So I'm assuming so that's David Ramsey. Mr. Mackey must he be. He eventually he studied for the ministry and eventually was minister down in Church and Eldersley. Okay. Ah. That's very uh, good. And Mr. Edmund is at the end. This chap at the top. That's right. Do you remember him? Yes, Tom? I do. Mm-hmm. Tom Wright. Just don't see it. That's Andrew Deans. Can't make out that person. Maybe he's not actually. Let me see if he's listed. There's William Roger. Is that him there? W. Y. Roger. Mr. McCaslin Jr. Right. W. Thompson. I don't think Mr. Mackey's actually in it. Maybe he took the photograph. (laughs) It's not. Maybe he did. Yeah, he's not listed. No. But your father's in that one. It's lovely. Yeah. What I was really interested to find out is, do you know if your father was a founder of the cam- camera club or if he, it oh. was going when he start when he joined I it? I couldn't tell you. He worked. He may well have done because um, the camera club. Mm-hmm. He worked the projectors mm-hmm. down in the institute. And my father was quite a keen photographer, but not mm-hmm. not of people. <laughs> people were not of interest. Um, more views and landscapes, that, landscapes and and buildings like as well. Or? No, I don't think no. so. Landscapes. But he did all his own developing and mm-hmm. printing. Did he have a little 
this sort of room in well, the house? Well, he had a room in the house. He had a workshop because uh-huh. he was a piano tuner. Yeah. And he used to have to bring the workings of the piano down mm. the, and <coughs> re-felt mm-hmm. things and that. that He did all that in the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he had a printer. Wow. Uh, that he printed tickets that mm-hmm. belonged to the Institute. Ah, he uh, did the uh, printing of the he, tickets. He did right. the printing of the tickets and all the... For the uh, cinema shows, presumably. Cinema show or anything that anything was on if they wanted tickets. Mm. Uh, my father did that. Mm-hmm. So that all went back to some folk in the Institute when he died, but what mm. happened to it, I don't really know. Because mm-hmm. I, I think the people that took it had no idea mm-hmm. how to set it up (laughs) and it takes a bit of patience you know did did he leave any of his cameras to you or anything or his photographs he got a a nice present from the institute of a a Zeiss camera it was a lovely camera Mm -hmm. I gave it away I think to Dr Thompson Uh, it was too complicated for me and Mm. I really yeah. wasn't all that interested in mm-hmm. it, as it was a good camera mm-hmm. uh, he was quite happy to take it Couple William Roger was quite a photographer too That's I think true. there was quite a few of yes. them uh-huh. you know, in the camera, <coughs> like the camera mm-hmm. club yeah. my father wasn't interested in taking photographs of you or me or no. anything <laughs> like that <laughs> um, I think they did a display in the what was the old museum in the library in the first oh, right. floor? I think right. there was a camera club display. I think in the thirties, uh-huh. uh, there was probably displays in the town hall as well. You don't remember I don't any remember. mention no. of them no, doing a display? It's when I last saw you, or maybe the time before, <laughs> you brought this oh, lovely yes. music box to donate to us, which um, I thought I would show Carrick um, while he's uh, coming to visit us, and. Um, if you wouldn't mind telling us a wee bit about it again, that would be That's not brilliant. A lot I can tell you. It still works. It's quite nice, isn't it? Yes. Lovely. And then it goes on to. There's Songs. Soldiers of the Queen. That's Queen Victoria. Yep. There you go. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> a brilliant introduction. Um, so, how did you come by this lovely music box? I've no idea. <laughs> Yeah. No idea. It's the First World War. I, I would think it would be box. my grandparents. Uh huh. It must have been. Yeah. And it's just, well, it was. You weren't allowed to play with it. Let's be mm. honest. Yeah. Of course, not a toy. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. So it was just always in the house. Mm-hmm. And I bet you loved. Yes. Were you, were you shown how to use it, or yes, you, you didn't yeah. know it played music for some years? Oh, probably. Probably not. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's beautiful. The sound survived. Mm. Uh, so we think that this was um this was possibly sent or brought back from the the First World War, do you think? Or because it's got two songs, Soldiers of the Queen, Queen. Uh-huh. and the second song 
the casino girl song. <laughs> possibly predates so the First World War. Possibly then. does. Yeah. Yeah. The First World so. War, Victoria yeah. was no Oh yes, around, so it wouldn't be the First yeah. World War, it would have been be back to the, Boer the Boer War. war. Yeah. Gosh, so even earlier. Mm. Um, so you think possibly your grandparents at least? Yes, oh even. definitely my uh-huh. grandparents. Yes, that's but lovely. Where it came from or mm-hmm. anything about it, I really don't know. It's dreadful, I really don't know a lot about my father's younger days. Uh-huh. But he, before the war, he worked in a warehouse in Glasgow, right. Nielsen Shaw McGregor. Uh-huh. So whether when he came home after the war... The warehouse maybe wasn't there mm-hmm. and maybe had difficulty in getting a job. Right. And that would be when he would train mm-hmm. to be a piano tuner. I'm Carrick MacDonald and you've been listening to Halfway to Borough, the two towns local history show on Cam Glen Radio. In this programme, Zen Boyd of Rutherglen Heritage Centre was talking to Betty Payton about her time growing up in Rutherglen and of her memories of the Evangelistic Institute in Greenbank Street. Many thanks to Betty and Zen for inviting me to sit in on their conversation, which was recorded in June 2023. The music was by Sugar Nifty. Join me next time for part two of this programme. Until then, thanks for listening. Radio is an amazing medium. It can inspire, entertain, inform and connect people. This station, Cam Glen Radio, is run by a dedicated, passionate and committed team of volunteers and you can be one of those volunteers too. It doesn't matter if you're an experienced broadcaster or if you've never set foot in a studio 